The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello and welcome to Ben a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Jimmy the Cleaned Out. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club today. We are into some TV show news about Aegon's Conquest. Matt, you, you back to being the Bud Knight though. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It just, <laughs> it just happened. I was—I kind of forgot that I was supposed to come up with a name there for for a quick second, uh, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess I better uh, come up with something." You know, I was watching the Super Bowl. Everybody was drinking Bud Light, and uh, there, hey, you, you know, know what? Like, you got to keep them guessing, dude. Sometimes you throw back. It's like a retro jersey, right? It, it just feels good. Yeah, I mean, will we? Will the Bud Knight come back? Maybe that's what Budweiser needs. You know, bring back the I, bring back the Bud. I Knight. would love to see the Bud Knight come back, dude. It was great. It was, it was, yeah, it was, it was a great thing. So we'll, we'll see. But hey, you know what, Jimmy? We're here today because, uh, for, well, before we dive into the show news, real quick, man, are you, are you doing okay? How, you know, how, how's that? How are you doing, man? Well, I, I'm the cleaned out Matt because I had a colonoscopy. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I was having some issues, and uh, colon cancer runs in my family. So we uh, decided I should probably go to the doctor. I went to the doctor and he wasn't thrilled with the things he was seeing. And he made an expedited colonoscopy. It's supposed to wait to end of April, possibly, to get this colonoscopy. And he was like, no, we're going to do it in two days. So you have to start fasting today. And I'm like, what? You know, and that's when we were supposed to record last week. So for everyone who wonders why, you know, maybe there was a missing. It's my fault. Uh, this, and I, I don't. This, yeah. I don't do well with doctors. Uh, I also don't do well going under. Uh, I So I went under for uh, my knee surgery back in 2016. And I didn't know this, but there are a select amount of people who actually suffer like post anesthesia depression. And I was one of those people and it really messed up my life. Um, I think also being injured <laughs> and having to retire from pro wrestling probably also had something to do with my mental health. But I was very nervous. Uh, I know it's just a routine thing, but also I didn't know what they were going to find. Right. Uh, so they ended up going in rubber banding some of them roids off there. Uh, but they also uh, did take out some pops and they're sending them off a biopsy. So I have more information next week, but I think I'm OK. Uh, but man, I'm going to tell you what, dude, the uh, the fasting and the lax. None of it was fun. I'm none sure it, wasn't. Of it was fun. I, I didn't like uh, any of it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, last year, Jimmy and I, it just felt like, man, once I hurt my back, which was about a year ago today, because it happened the day before the Super wow, Bowl. that was a year. I know, I know, crazy. Uh, man, and then ever since then, Jimmy and I, this whole, just like, just been wild. Falling this, apart. This, this whole year, scheduling's been crazy, and I, you know, I'm having a baby here soon, so there's probably going to be two weeks where I'm the show's just off, 
Early, yeah. like early April. I might have to carry the banner for a little bit, and that's okay. Yeah, er, early April. I, we're in all these parenting classes, and they're telling you, "Hey, like those first like two weeks, you're getting like two hours of sleep. You're getting like an mm-hmm. hour of sleep, you know, like a couple times a day." So, you know, just 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 so you know, guys, bear with us with the with the schedule here um, as we as we figure it out. But with that, we do have some big news mm-hmm. that kind of came out over the weekend. Um, Aegon's Conquest is happening. We are getting an Aegon's Conquest TV show, and uh, it comes to us through, through a, uh, you know, the Hollywood reporter here. I'll get this pulled up. They always seem to be the ones that break this Game of Thrones news. Like, George must yeah, have a guy there. They, yeah, it seems like, and it's always, I've always found like often to like a lot of Warner Brothers stuff. I feel like it's mm-hmm. broken through them first, like, not even so, like specifically like warner brothers stuff i mean and then it seems like deadlines with those other they must have like more ties with disney and some so it seems like and like variety is another one they all it seems like they all have kind of like their their best sources or with like the different companies or whatever but here we go so game of thrones Aegon's conquest spinoff in the works from the batman part two writer uh which is madison tomlin says hbo is developing another game of thrones spinoff series the company is actively heating up its long uh, in dis- dis- discussion, Aegon's conquest ideas. HBO is partnering with Madison Tomlin as an in-demand scribe who did uncredited work on Matt Reeves' The Batman and is co-writing the upcoming sequel, The Batman Part Two. He also wrote the Keanu Reeves action comic adaptation, uh, BRZK Berserker, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, animated Terminator series, which he's a showrunner for, that's going to be on Netflix. Aegon's conquest is basically a direct prequel to the hit house of the dragon telling the story of the targaryens bloody and brutal conquest of westeros the story follows the invader aegon targaryen who conquered the content of westeros with his sister wives rainies and visenya and their dragons aegon successfully unified six of the seven kingdoms in just two years with dorn you know the only one who was able to resist one source described the project as taking a back-to-basics approach for George R. R. Martin's epic fantasy universe, though considering the first series was sprawling and complex, it's unclear what back-to-basics means exactly in the Thrones context. Variety previously reported Aegon's Conquest as an idea in discussion early last year. Remember, that was like when we got a little bit of like the snow ideas and some yeah. of the other things that may be um, you know, talked about. Since Thrones concluded in 2019, there have been many prequels, I, you know, and one sequel idea put in development, but none are, uh, you know, some are considered no longer active, though HBO prefers not to say any option is completely off the table. That's something George R. R. Martin said, as many of his blog posts that we've talked about. Uh, the efforts have uh, spawned two greenlit shows, House of the Dragon, uh, which second season comes out later this year, and A Night of the Seven Kingdoms, you know, The Hedge Knight, which starts production this year and is based on the Dunkin' Egg series. So uh, HBO had had no content um, and it just kind of that's basically it. So I thought we'd take today, Jimmy, to talk a little bit about Aegon's Conquest, what we think it might look like, like how many seasons it could be um, and what we should get. So the only thing we know about it so far, right, this this show is it's coming. There's no mention of Ryan Condell. There's really no mention of even George R. R. Martin. Madison Tomlin, I will say, um, you know, if you worked on Matt Reeves, Batman, I loved the batman that's the um uh god twilight harry potter actor how am i blanking on his name robert pattinson yeah robert pattinson batman which to me is actually it has become my it's my favorite batman movie and i'm like a diehard 
diehard Batman fan. Uh, I personally, I like it even more than the Dark Knight. Um, So, I mean, if it's coming from the from, you know, some of the people that worked on that, I'm so down for this. Yeah, um, I don't. All right. So here's the thing. I always will remain optimistic until I need to not be like until I see evidence of this wise. I Ryan Condell can't do everything right. Exactly. He can't do everything all at once. And who knows what else he has lined up. And I'm sure he's going to do things outside of Thrones as well. The the lack of George R. R. Martin's mention is one of the things that could could potentially be a red flag to me, but not to where I'm throwing it up and saying that this is this is terrible. No, 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 no. Uh, there's also a chance that this is in such, and this is a green light in the sense of like, let's start seeing what this would look like, right? This is not, this show's coming out for three seasons. Like this isn't a confirmation. They still have to do a pilot, get that, you know, blood moon or the long night or whatever the series was called, you know, got all the way through the pilot and ended up getting tossed. So this is super preliminary still game of Thrones almost got tossed. That's right. Yeah, they had to reshoot the pilot. Apparently, the first one was almost ridiculously laughable how bad it was. So my point is, is like before we have such strong feelings about this being the best thing ever, the worst thing ever, and it's turning into a star like this is so preliminary. We we have heard about E.T., other shows, uh, you know, the voyages, uh, Nymeria, everything. Right. So with that said, I would hope that George would be somewhat involved in this. What I could see this meaning, and when they said back to basics, I think that what that could mean is House of the Dragon is a historical sweeping epic narrative with time jumps, uh, a whole lot of family drama, uh, and a little bit less uh, about the outside of the family drama. I think Aegon's conquest is a return to basics, and what they mean by that is that the entire realm is at play here. We're going to be seeing people in Hall. We're going to be seeing Winterfell. All of the major houses will have represented players that will be playing major parts on it. And while it will focus on Targaryens, it's really more about Westeros. Now, House of the Dragon Civil War affects Westeros as a whole. That's undoubted, like obvious, right? But it's really more about this family who has been reigning with dragons since the conquest, coming into a new era where they will lose said dragons. It is the beginning of the downfall of the Targaryen dynasty. So I think that's what they mean. I think that's what they mean is like, you have someone coming to shore, uh, you know, trying to essentially take over, (laughs) which is not the best. Uh, And then how does that affect the rest of the realm? So for instance, in, in a game of Thrones, we see that Daenerys is eventually going to come her way over. We also have people taking stake to the claim. Uh, So I, I actually understand what they mean by return to basics. I think it's going to be a lot more about the house drama. Who's aligning with who, and then going from there. I'm not saying House of the Dragon doesn't have that, but I think the more of the focus is honestly the downsides of royalty. I think that's you know fairly obvious if you watch uh, House of the Dragon. So I think that that's kind of what they mean. Maybe a little bit more of a linear moment by moment narrative that's a lot more intimate. I think that that's what we would most likely see. There's going to be action, but I think it's going to be a lot more about dealing with uh, this kind of invasion and then aligning and everything else there's also a lot of cool stuff with the faith that we're going to see right because uh the targaryens do some things that are not flying with the septons they're not down with that so you have this entire cultural piece uh to the conquest that i think is really really fascinating and also something that you're always going to have to deal with when it comes to an invasion or colonialism or whatever so i like the idea of this 
Will they add things and flush more things out? Without a doubt. Will those things be good? I have no idea, but I like the talent that's behind the idea so far. Like you said, with the Batman, uh, I, I think that that movie was very well received, very well shot. I think it got certainly some of the tones of Batman that maybe some of the other creators in that, you know, series has missed, which makes me happy. And this is someone who has adapted things, has worked with source material. All these things tell me that cautiously optimistic is not a terrible approach to have. What do you think? Yeah, I would say that, like you said, one of the things with George's George R. R. Martin's involvement in this is often he will come out after something has been announced and do one of his, you know, not a blog, yeah, you know, blog blog posts and uh confirm it. And we haven't had that yet, but that he hasn't written one in a couple of days. So that's not to say that he won't. So I would certainly keep an eye out for that. Um, because he was came up pretty quickly after like snow and some of these other things were announced sort of like leaked again by the Hollywood reporter and variety in these sources and kind of confirmed it to just at least say, Hey, this is one of the, this is one of the things that we've talked about. Cause if you go back, I think it was like 2021 or something like that. When he had said, Hey, there are several things in production right now Mm -hmm. um, with house of the dragon being the one that we actually knew about and everything. And there are others on the table as well. Um, And then that ended up leaking a little bit more. He ended up saying snow was one of them right yeah and after it was leaked and announced that snow is in development and one of those things like oh so now you go back to that blog post and you think about it so this is likely one of the ones i mean this even if even if if this wasn't one of the ones this is kind of the one that everybody just as fans knows is one of the bigger stories you're you're gonna tell there's really not that to be honest there's really not that many I mean, if you think of like post Game yeah. of Thrones, like what stories are you going to tell going back? It's like, OK, well, you have like the Blackfire Rebellion, which is the next big thing after House of the Dragon, which right. the right. The Dance of the Dragons is another one. Uh, then you have like Heron Hall, Duncan Egg, and then kind of like Aegon's Conquest. Robert's I mean, Rebellion, of, right? Right. Robert's Rebellion. And then. You go back to like the long night age of hero stuff, which they tried and it didn't necessarily go the way they wanted. If anything, I actually think this could be a good jumping point. I know they said they want to get back to basics, which might be that more political drama, but this is kind of the one which might actually help open up more of the Game of Thrones lore, mysticism. Yeah, because magic. we're talking about further back, the, right? The Doom and of Valyria. The Doom of Valyria is what kicks this whole thing off. Is Valyria where all, all these dragon lords and everything, that's where they're all from. It mm-hmm. explodes, and we don't know what's from it. And a lot of people think there's like magic and relore and all that right. stuff. So, and, yeah, exactly. So if you can kind of tie some of that in to this show, even like maybe you do it the way you did in Game of Thrones with the White Walkers where you see them every, you know, once in a while and it's like, uh-oh, you know, magic and everything is a big part of this as well. That could help open up shows that take place in the Long Night because that was the thing we talked about with the Long Night show, Blood Moon, being like, man, I don't know, it's kind of a like it is kind of a departure. And that's why we felt like House of the Dragon was the perfect place to go. Because it it's going to feel more like Game of Thrones because it's like a political drama. There just happens to be more dragons involved. Yeah. And also it, it has its own identity of being that historical epic, right? Like this exactly. is in world historical epic, which is already kind of like a cool right. thing to think about. But this is 
I think a little bit closer possibly to the, to the original show, but you're right. There's a lot of things that we can start to tie in and they, they are going to Aegon's prophecy. Uh, clearly George said that that was a thing back in what, 2016 or whatever yeah, it was. And we, now we're going to get this, which we never thought was a thing. Yeah. So, and, and we have to keep in mind, there's TV show Lord, there's book Lord. They are separate. Um, and I think that they're going to carry that through line, which is totally fine with me. I, I don't mind it at all, but we are going to hear about, little things about the doom. And I think getting answers to some of the th stuff is okay. There are things I really want to stay hidden forever. There are things that I actually don't want the answers to because it's more fun for like you and I to kind of wonder about these things and, and draw conclusions. But there's going to be some answers here that could be really interesting. Like even just little tidbits from Valyria or Aegon's prophecy. One of the things that I immediately think of is the missing crown and what Dorn sends back as a message to Aegon that gives him pause to stop the war. We've always said what, what was in like, what was that? I hope right. they don't answer that. Like that's literally when I think about this show, the one worry I have, I'm like, I hope they don't answer. I want to forever wonder about that. You know, it keeps right. the series fresh in, in many ways, but man, like I said, there's, there's cultural issues that you could attack, uh, uh, attack with this. Uh, but also on top of that, yeah, seeing these houses back before there was a regent ruling them. That's a different mm -hmm. Westeros that we have never seen on screen. We have never seen that house of the dragon you, still has a regent, right? So, and you're also going to have, you're also going to have like, you know, something I'm actually trying to think about. You, you don't really have like a good love triangle story in game of Thrones or house of the dragon. Um, I mean, of like, and like, you will have that here. That's going to be like kind of the main romantic. They're definitely going to ham it up a little bit because, like, sure. really, the sisters aren't at each other's throats. At least that was my interpretation. They're, yeah, the way it kind of comes across is they okay. sort of, they both in a way sort of like politically play, like they don't play each other, but they both kind of play Aegon for what they want. Yeah, it's it's a competition in some ways for yeah. to get what they want. The thing about the Targaryens of Aegon's conquest time that is different from a lot of the Targaryens, even House of the Dragon, is that we have to remember the Targaryens are at their highest form of arrogance, right? Mm -hmm. We have left this land. We were correct with our dragon dreams about the Doom of Illyria and these other, there was all these other dragon lords and now we are the ones who have survived, right? They are, like, they know they're special. They are closer to a lot of the mysticism. They've seen crazier things. So I think for like the two sister, if they turn it into this big, like, you know, <laughs> like very right. Hollywood thing, I'm sure there will be some of this without a doubt. And you know, whatever, that's the human element of it. But the Targaryens believe in the Targaryen name and the supremacy, which is why they're coming to a foreign land and saying, we will now rule you, which is a crazy thing to do. Whereas in house of the yeah. dragon, you know who the really, I mean, really the only person who feels like this is Damon and Damon yeah. is insane. So, you know, that's the kind of Targaryens we're talking about now. We're not talking about yeah. Daenerys. We're not even talking about any of the ones in House of Dragon other than Daemon. We're talking about like, these are the root of Targaryens. They are proud. So here's some questions for you. Does it, like you could do almost season one. Do you do season one like before Valyria? Like does Valyria, does the doom happen at the end of season one? It could. Do you or do you start after the Doom of Valyria? Well, they 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 flee before the Doom hits, right? Like they are gone right. 
Doom hits. I think word of the Doom hitting has to be in the show. I think it would be season one. A bigger question, though, and this is going to tell what type of story this is. Is this a miniseries? Is it a six-episode series? We came, we saw, we conquered, moved on. Or are we going to get three, four seasons and really flush out and add in a lot of the house drama of the allegiances and you know stuff? Yeah, I mean, do you want to? Yeah, do you want to? Do you want to include Aegon's like reign? Because I think like the you when could. he when he dies, like it's kind of an interesting way to do it. You could end the show with him being coronated, and you're like, and now the Targaryen dynasty kicks off. Or you could end with his death tying into like his dream and everything and going that, which then also kind of kicks off the whole like, uh oh, flip a coin. Targaryens are good I or bad. Mangor. I want Mango. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So because then his two kids kind of go at it and are like, you know, kind of warring a little bit. And so because, yeah, Megor gets passed over and he feels like he should be them. So I don't think they're going to go into their reign or anything, but I mean, yeah. So it's kind of, you you do have kind of two good places to to end end the show. Yeah, this show could be a lot of different things. I mean, we remember me and you actually talked about it being a, tr a trilogy, a movie trilogy, but in theaters, big blockbuster. Yeah, would be seems fun. like that's off the table now. It is well, but hey, we've seen movies turn into TV shows with uh, Skywalker or whatever. What was it called? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know whatever it was Mandalorian they brought him over in Ahsoka Kenobi the Kenobi show wasn't that right. supposed to be a movie right so yeah. maybe I would say it's unlikely though you're correct so we were thinking a movie big spectacles high drama kind of get to the point whereas like you know this is a six episode eight episode one season deal I mean we're going to arrive conquer and kind of leave it'll be very action based but if they say hey we're going to really go through this and take our time and show you how the Targaryens came into power you could get a couple seasons out of this and they're going to add storylines and they're going to do things, but that doesn't mean it's all going to be bad. You know, a lot of the stuff that we added in uh, early thrones was fantastic and amazing. So uh, very curious, very, very curious what kind of show this guy wants to make and what story he wants to tell and how he wants to tell it. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, like you said, it's going to be interesting. Another thing we've talked about is one of the things George has said, uh, George Martin has said, and you and I have sort of agreed upon is, we don't want too much stuff yes. at, at, at once. And even Disney has now said, like, we have to scale back. Yeah. Because, like, to me, Disney kind of, you know, post Avengers Endgame, man, they really kind of, it was just too much with Marvel. It's like, it's too, it's too hard to keep track. They were doing a Marvel show, like, every other month. It was like Marvel and Star Wars were bouncing back. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly important to keep these shows contained yet slightly connected. I think House of the Dragon has done a fantastic job of giving the through line early in the show and saying, you know, kind of watch this. But you can watch House of the Dragon without watching Game of Thrones, without a doubt. You know, you, you might have a couple of details that, that don't pay off or something. But like for the most part, it's a contained show. Uh, I had a friend who said this, and I think it's so true because like there, there's always the concern. Like, is this turning into Star Wars? Is it turning into Marvel? George has mentioned those as examples of how they want to kind of build out a universe, which mm -hmm. I'm so sick of hearing that word. But they uh, the per my friend said, like, let's not jump the show. You know, don't let's not jump the show. This isn't Star Wars. Right. Star Wars is 40 years of it being abused and I mean, how many right. books and these things canon, not can all this stuff. Right. So I don't think we need to worry about this. I also don't believe, and I'm not foolish enough to believe the game of Thrones spinoffs are going to be as big as the Marvel movies. The Marvel movies are ridiculous. Like they're right. so big. I don't think we're going to see 
three Game of Thrones shows on, you know, a Song of Ice and Fire shows on television at one time. Right. I think, but me and you kind of talked about this, but like we could see like 2025, 2026, Duncan Egg, right around House of the Dragons kind of ending. And then an Aegon Conquest show. I mean, we might be talking about 2028. So, right. It, it may, it may replace House of the Dragon because right yeah. now, right now it's House of the Dragon season two is coming out this year. They're filming Duncan Egg and Duncan Egg is supposed to air next year. So it's kind of on a pace of like one show a year. We may see. Aegon's Conquest, like season one, like the same year as one of those other projects, but it's going to be no more than two a year. I don't think I don't think we would get like I don't think definitely don't think we'd ever hit the point of Marvel where I mean, there's literally one year where there was I think there was one year where there's two Marvel. No, there was like a Star Wars and Marvel show going on. Like at oh, the same yeah. time, And it's like, dude, this is like it's too much. And I mean, it was like She-Hulk and I don't know. Yeah, and whatever. And yeah, it like also Captain America Falcon Winter Soldier show. And it was all at once. Yeah, it's too much. We also have to keep in mind that what we're talking about is very different than like a Marvel or even a Star Wars. Uh, this is a medieval fantasy show, a dynasty drama for a lot of it. And that is something that there's not a ton of on television. You know what I mean? Whereas like right. a Marvel show, they all can be very different, but they still connect back to that lore of superheroes and whatever the connected universe might be. I, I still think there's an appetite for good fantasy shows after a lot of them have failed. And yeah. I think as long as the shows are good television shows, whether book lovers are happy or not, as long as it's good TV, that's what matters. Like, that's really what people give a shit about. So, I mean, right now, other, that, right now, really that is the other advantage. Like right. Right now, other than House of the Dragon coming up, I mean, what fantasy shows are there? I mean, it's like, really Wheel of Time. I mean, it's Wheel of I Time. Mean, I mean, yeah, like Rings of Power does, did not do nearly as well as, as they'd hoped. And The Witcher is like not going to have Henry Cavill. Like it's, that's going to be a flop. Like Shadow and Bone, canceled. a lot of these other, oh, yeah, canceled. A lot of these other shows just didn't even, didn't even pull it. I think, I, I, don't think Vi I don't think like Vikings, I mean, you know, that's like its own thing being a Viking, but I'm, it's not on anymore. And other than, other than House of the Dragon, and I'm like, I watched season two Wheel of Time and I thought it sucked. And I was yeah. like, and that's coming from somebody who was like hardcore in. Yeah, I uh, I mean, you even had a podcast about it at one point, right? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, man, I was like full bore. This is awesome. I remember. Yeah, you gave it you yeah. gave it all. I mean, here's the thing about uh, I will say about Wheel of Time uh, based on what Amazon saying, it was a hit. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think. I, yeah, I think I, I think, think it will I think continue. Season, I think they viewed season two as a hit. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll continue on. So you got Wheel of Time, but it's also taken two to three years to get a season of that. So what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of dead air. There's a lot of years where things aren't happening. I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world if we even rotated like the last two seasons of House of the Dragon with like the first two seasons of Dunkin' Egg or something like that. Right. And who, we don't know what Duncan Egg is going to look like, by the way. It might just be the hedge night and that's the end of the show. We We do not know. Anything. It could be a one. It could be a one season thing. I don't no, think so. But. I don't think so either. But one thing that I think is a little bit interesting is remember when House of the Dragon first came out and Ryan Condell was said, who knows, maybe this will become an anthology show where like House of the Dragon right. covers different eras. I guess that's dead. That's my vibe. I get the vibe that that idea mm -hmm. is done. Yeah, I do, too. Although, I mean, you could continue it like but it's not going to go back. House, I don't yeah. like if House of the Dragon were to continue, it would be the Blackfire Rebellion. 
Yes, it would be Blackfire Rebellion. And then you could lead it into Robert's Rebellion with like kind of the end. You know what I mean? You could still do that. Yeah, I think the only thing, the only the only thing about that is is and I think they should almost do this anyway. Is I would almost do I mean, this is why you know with the Aegon's Conquest thing. It's like to me, when you do Aegon's Conquest, it 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 opens the door more to me to go back and do like age of hero stuff because now you've got like like i mean you're talking like super dragons right i mean like oh we're talking about madness giant i mean we're talking about fantasy yeah like yeah fantasy yeah like real fantasy you're talking about the doom of valyria and all that stuff that existed before so like and relore might be a huge part of it it's all being built (laughs) yeah i mean i think you can go like super far back the like the house of the dragon to me opens the door more for the Blackfire Rebellion because it's kind of the same thing. It's another big, huge war. But then you also have Duncan Egg, which is really Blackfire Rebellion because Dunk shuts down one of the Blackfire Rebellions. And you're going to have that character, Blood Raven, who's very important in yeah. the first Blackfire Rebellion. Um, and you're going to get his, you're going to see the tales told of that one. So to me, that show seems like it would kind of connect that way mm-hmm. you know but it, it kind of ends with uh if we if it goes all the way if duncan egg goes like five six seasons and you want to do summer hall well it ties into robert's rebellion i mean so you're kind of in this good thing the only issue um is and this is the big star wars issue is the timeline Star Wars, I think, has a big problem, and it always has, of, well, once you got past the movies, once you got past the the six, the George Lucas movies, anytime you want to do something, it's kind of confusing, even for me, who, like, no understands it, and I think for the mainstream audience, they're always like, when does this take place? And you have to establish that, like, out of the gate, because it's like, okay, well, you've got the Mandalorian, which takes place like 10 years after Return of the Jedi, but it takes place like 20 years before the sequels movies, which just came out. Oh, and then there's Ahsoka and she's tied and she's like a big deal. And her show, well, it's also like at the same time as the Mandalorian this happened, but all these characters you're seeing. Yeah, they're in this uh, animated show called Rebels, which takes place like a couple years before the new a new hope comes out and it's just like and then you've got bad batch this other cartoon that's going on at the same time and it takes place like right after episode three but like 20 years before and it's like too much so that's like a problem i hope game of thrones doesn't hit where if you do start jumping around yeah all these all the by having too many shows at once which i think is the advantage of not doing that you don't run into that like star wars problem i don't think i don't think this is happening because of the limited amount of stories that we have to tell now what happens post george and post george's stories right. we don't know i can't i we can't speak to that but for the that's stuff why- that's announced i think it's fairly straightforward and it's a benefit of george having a canon history to pull from right. where star wars it was really like different creators jumping in and wanting to make stuff at different times and using different lore like i've heard some of the books that weren't canon in stars are now canon again like they pulled it it's, out of it, the it's, graveyard it's, uh, yeah it's like and, it, and, and they like and they've like and they've and then they've like they've like redone like character it's 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 like that's crazy. what i'm saying I, we don't have the, for the average for the average fan for the average fan it's crazy and that's why i'm also fine with you can do more stories but i think you know 
I think the advantage of it is like the Corliss Valerion thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it couldn't be awesome, but I don't know that that needs to be a like big, you know, TV show. Like they, were really orig- they were originally talking about it. I think the ha- the idea of having it be animation is when you do something like that, it then doesn't appeal to the mass audience. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like it has to be part of the big connected universe or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. Whereas then it's like, yeah, you're going to get people who like animation and the diehard fans who do it. And you still get to tell that story and you begin to like flesh out like this other side. And it feels kind of like off the side. It can be canon. It can be connected or whatever, but it doesn't feel like you have to go back and watch that because a lot of people just won't. A lot of people just will not watch. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. animation. It's again, the Star Wars thing where it's like the Ahsoka show that came out. I mean, is star wars rebels season five but people yeah, that's what everyone people, says. people just don't want to go watch animated shows because they feel like it's for kids like and also the animation know. in that show is like and it's confusing it's confusing right. because like yeah. i always reference my mom who like is a binge hardcore binge streamer she watched it and she's like who are these people and i have to like explain to her i'm like well it's from this cartoon and stuff like that and it's like if, if that's your the mainstream audience the casual viewer who's like who are these people like what's going on it's too confusing yeah and uh, as much as us diehards like to think we're the center of this universe it's actually all about the casual viewer it 100 is it's all that's, about the casual that's viewer. your core audience audience yeah and i don't say that in like a gatekeepy way like where it's like oh let's look down on them like i i i hope the business because yeah for if you want more stuff or you know it continues to get seasons and shows not canceled you need that general audience uh which is one thing i i have always liked about our podcast to put us over a little bit here uh we have never said you know if you enjoyed this or that then you're not welcome here you know we will hear anyone's Mm -hmm. opinions and everyone who has any uh, attachment to, to this series, whether it be through the television show or, you know, the prequel or the books themselves, you know, you're welcome here. And and that does make us a little bit different than some of the others. Uh, I know very much, yeah. people get a little annoyed with us because we do cover the television shows. But to us, you know, it's all Westeros and there are going to be things about it we don't like and things that we do like. But we're going to talk about it all because, like, we're just obsessed yeah. with this thing. Well, and- I, I, yeah, I look at the data. I know I know I get the emails. I know I, our audience, the, the, the majority of people who listen to this podcast are people who watched Game of Thrones first and decided, hey, I want to go into the books. Yeah. And same thing, was- same thing with House of the Dragon. It's it's people who are like, hey, I want now like I liked what I saw and now I want to get I want to get more. Yeah. And, and, and I love that personally, because someone is, um, I'm a very passionate reader. I have my book channel on YouTube. I always am saying whatever gets you into reading is like mm-hmm. the best. And a lot of show watchers became readers, you know, and that, that is, I, yeah. I, and I, didn't, that's awesome. I didn't even touch, I didn't even touch the books until I'd finished season three. Yeah. And then you get to experience this in a whole different way. And I think this is, this is kind of one of the things I want to bring up today. And I think it's a, a really good thing to consider. We know that George R. R. Martin is struggling to finish the series. We know that there is a good likelihood he will not finish the series. We have always speculated about who would finish it. Would he want someone to finish it? But, And we think his opinions kind of changed on this, but I'm going to stick with what he has said, which is that he does not really want anyone to finish his series. So my opinion on this is that he loves the idea of there being a show canon and show lore and that his stories can be told in that medium and it will never affect his written word. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's like for Duncan egg show, we've talked, this is his opportunity to finish Duncan egg without having to write them. 
And then therefore his work will always stand by itself in the, in the, you know, prose form. Whereas like the visual medium will get to take his stuff and play with it and, you know, and then tell these stories and then his sole piece of work is remains untouched, which I think is important to him as an artist. Right. I think that might be the approach that George is taking with this. Maybe. Well, and the, and the advantage, and the advantage of that is you get, you don't actually, I mean, you don't really have to ultimately finish it. I mean, even like George Lucas, George Lucas didn't finish star Wars the way he wanted. He, his, he, he originally was like one through nine is, is the whole deal. And he's released his, you know, what he thought the sequels would be and everything. And it's nothing like what we actually got. And if anything, he's the one who benefits from it. Cause anytime there's a problem in star Wars, everyone's like, yep, yep, George. Nope. 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 You should have, you should have listened to George Lucas. He should have done all this. Both and George, which is kind of ironic. <laughs> it's, it's the same thing. If a Game of Thrones thing comes out that George R. R. Martin isn't, isn't a part of, I mean, look at the last few seasons. Now, yeah. to be fair a little bit, obviously, he was there. He could have said, you know, X, Y, and Z, and he hasn't finished the books. So there is yeah. a little bit of, there is obviously certainly is a little bit of, of, of difference there. And we do know that he's actually like, you know, on the game of thrones whatever con- he has a contract to like yeah as, as an overseer and everything um but i i think you know it, it benefits because then you look at some of the other creators like jk rowling jk rowling is like so involved and her stuff post harry potter sucked i mean yeah, the fantastic didn't have the much fan- left after her series <laughs> i mean she and she tried the fantastic beast stuff those movies are awful like all three of those suck. There's just no other way to say it. Uh, I mean, especially the third one. The Secrets of Dumbledore is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. It's I love like, that. It's so bad. Like, there's just no. It's it's honest to god one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's so it's so awful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and you know, I don't know. I just think there's something about George where he's saying like, well, let's explore these ideas someone else can even interpret them but at least my stuff will stay untouched and that will forever be mine and mine only maybe that's where it goes but with the caveat that it does sound like he's changed his opinion a little bit about people finishing because he's had some friends pass and he said you know now i'm thinking like what if someone could finish his work and you know maybe that wouldn't be such a bad thing so who who knows i mean really but i guess the point of this is is like the agon's conquest is on the table right now it's it's not frozen. It's not on the shelf. It's actively being developed. Maybe it'll be excellent. Uh, I I have way more faith in this than a Corliss Valerian spinoff. I don't care that much about the Corliss Valerian spinoff, but I'm willing to hear it out. Like I would obviously watch it, right? right. But like, do you have if, more? Do you feel? Do you have more faith in this than Snow? Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, definitely. I mean, do you think Snow we'll, is? Do you think so we'll see intrigued. it? No, I think Snow's dead. I think really. I think Snow's dead. Yeah, I think Kit Harrington also is just kind of an odd guy, uh, and I don't mean that like in a bad way, but I think he just goes through a lot of stuff of like who he wants to be, what he wants to portray, because he's talked a lot about his mental health issues and he right. wants to, you know, and, and, and all that stuff. We have issues, yeah, yeah, and I just don't know what he wants out of this. And I also, you know, he might have went to George and showed it, and George might have been like, "This is." dog water dude like this sucks like there's a chance that happens so i don't think snow's ever happening i will say this and this might be the most controversial thing that would be the one i'd be most intrigued to see because it is 
probably because it's a game changer. I mean, it's either going to be the worst thing that's ever happened or it could be extraordinarily dope, right? Like it's just, it's, it's the highest risk, highest reward out of everything. So to me, I want to see it just to see what happens, but I also do know how bad it could be. And then dealing with that would suck. So I understand the trepidation around the show. I really do, but. Maybe they, maybe they maybe they need the Sega on the Conquer show to come out first so they can tie it into Jon Snow. Oh my god. What I want the most is an animated remake of the main story with all the magic put in, right. no, no nothing cut for anything. I just want to see a true super faithful adaptation uh animated. I don't think that'll happen for a while now. Um, I but... I I'm still clamoring for a Game of Thrones video game, but I I don't know that we're going to get one soon. So yeah, what the hell? You know what it is though. The general audience doesn't play video games. Like the people who watch Game of Thrones, I think yeah, are I know, mostly they they do all the. I mean, last so last year they released you know Warner Brothers released the Harry Potter game, uh, Hogwarts Legacy or whatever it's called, right? And uh, it was the best selling video game of last year. And then but, this year, this year, their big game is Suicide Squad kills the Justice League, and it's are already going to be the worst game of the year. So, uh, yeah, well, those, and those fan bases are more likely to play video games. You know, right. my in-laws who are massive Game of Thrones television show fans and watch House of the Dragon, they're never going to pay. Actually, the Game of Thrones game on Facebook is exactly what they would play. And that's what they did. They made a Facebook. Right. <laughs> so, know. you know, they're looking at these audiences and like uh, the focus groups and stuff and saying, well, who's spending money on Thrones? And it turns out it's probably a lot of 45, 50 year old male females that like to drink wine. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's streaming services too. Is yeah. there and you're and why you're seeing more people go back to making movies because they're like, hey, that's that's where the there's more money in making movies than there is on streaming on streaming service, especially as all these companies are beginning to crack down on passwords sharing and yeah. like they're raising their prices. Disney lost uh, last last so when Disney raised their prices in I, November, I think is when they since then they've lost a million people. They lost over. They lost over a million subscribers. They lost me because I had it out of just. Like, I did too. Out of just I, like, yep. oh, I'll get it. But then they they messed up my bundle with Hulu and ESPN Plus, which I really just wanted ESPN Plus for uh, UFC. And I was right. like, well, well, now th that's gonna that's gonna go by the wayside because now they just said ESPN and Fox what Sports are all gonna do something. They're gonna I make know. like their own like Hulu. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, and this is maybe the biggest concern with Aegon the Conqueror show and Duncan Egg and the House of the Dragon is just what's going to happen right now as a lot of media companies are selling rights and moving right. stuff around and acquisitions. I think that is the biggest threat to Westeros, not some crappy filmmaker. Right. Or the, 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 big, the biggest threats to Westeros is Warner Brothers Discovery. Yeah, it is. Because <laughs> I mean, HBO, I mean, as long as HBO can be HBO, there's, a, right. there's like a 90% chance that the show is at least a 7 out of 10 for me. Like yeah. I watch HBO shows that I have no interest in, and I'm still impressed by them. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's well, why they, it's why they 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 destroy the the Emmys. I mean, they're like they just walk in and like tell everyone to sit down. I mean, because I mean, literally, if you go look at the Emmys every year, it's like HBO clean like cleans Listen, house. I love Westeros. I love A Song of Ice and Fire. HBO is as responsible for this being a huge success as George is for writing it. Because if it had been on Netflix or Hulu. It would have never been this. HBO it, helped make this, for sure. Now, I Netflix. I think that Netflix is the other one where I think I think Netflix is. I, for, as far as streaming, 
there's a chance. Yeah, as far as streaming goes, I I think I think Netflix to me is their number. They're the clear number two. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, and Apple's doing a great. I'm not saying there's another, but HBO has been proven right. for so long. And yes, yeah, there are it, duds, and yes, they cancel shows, but like, right? There's like a baseline. No, they're consistent. The part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, with that, guys. Yeah, wanted to get in here. We had to talk about the uh, news next week. We will be back, and it's going to be Sansa three of a Storm of Swords, which is also the Tyrion. That's the Tyrion Sansa wedding. Ooh, chapter the old yeah. shotgun wedding. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and yeah, basically. And I was reading that. And that's another one of those chapters that, man, yeah, it's one of those ones where sometimes it's like I wish we could get the chapter from the other person's perspective like i would love mm -hmm. to see that i would love to see that like that chapter but told as a Tyrion pov yeah i always wonder i mean george clearly thinks about why he picks the pov and then i try to figure out why like he did yeah so when we read it we should think about that like why was it told through this pov rather than someone else's yeah so yeah as I, was, as I was reading it uh to get ready for this week and then we got the news so um anyway so yes as always we want to thank you for playing the game of thrones our next episode we will be discussing a storm of swords sansa three and if you like our podcast don't forget to subscribe like us write a review or leave us a comment or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com or bend the we'll see you next time and remember that winter is coming <laughs>